Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Number one is that sales is a numbers game. That's a pretty common myth, been around for a long time. That's the whole idea that the more contacts you make, the more sales you're supposed to make. What we discovered in our work, it's not about how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how deep you go on each conversation, how good you are at building trust with them, not how good you are at how many contacts you make. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. If you haven't yet listened to my recent conversations with Thomas Lantaler of The Crisis Compass and with life coach Diana Gramillion, then go check them out, but only after you've listened to today's conversation. I'm really excited to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast as my guest today, Ari Gelper, the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. Ari has been featured in CEO Magazine, Forbes, Inc. Magazine, Sky News and the Australian Financial Review. As trust becomes the most important currency in the new economy, the act of selling as a dehumanising process with endless chasing has been completely reinvented and anchored in the timeless values of integrity and trust through trust-based selling. In Ari's best-selling book, Unlock the Sales Game, he describes his revolutionary sales approach based on getting to the truth and why having a mindset of focusing on deep trust instead of the sale is ironically 10 times more profitable. Ari has been on a mission for the last decade to change the world through trust, starting with the sales and business world. In our conversation today, Ari talked to me about changing our mindset around sales to focus on deep trust instead of the sale. He explained how using trust-based language to conduct our conversations really makes a difference. And we talked about going deeper to get to the true pain or need of your client. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Ari Gelper. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today from Sydney in Australia, Ari Gelper. Ari is the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. He's created a unique and different sales approach based on trust and integrity called Unlock the Game. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Ari. It's a real privilege to have you as my guest. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. 
Now, Jamie Greenberg, who was our guest on episode 117 of the Innova Buzz podcast, suggested that we have you on as a guest, and he introduced us. So, big hello to my friend Jamie. For sure. Hi, Jamie. Yeah, I'm really keen to unpack the whole idea of trust-based selling, and particularly, you know, this idea that it's a game to um, kind of go through, which suggests, hey, there's a process and there's a step-by-step way to do things. And I'm sure you've got lots of advice around how you've um, come up with the process. Before we start talking about all things sales, though, you've also published a book about your very special son, Toby, and and some of the lessons that you learn from him every day. And I'm kind of curious, what's what's your fa- some of your favorite lessons that you'd like to share with us here today? Sure. So just some context to my son, Toby, who's now 17 years old. Uh, when he was born, after about a day after he was born, we were told that he had Down syndrome. And at first, we didn't understand what that meant to our lives. Mm. We realized we had a gift on our hands. And if you know anybody who has Down syndrome, you know they have special gifts. They're transparent, they're loving, they're warm, they have no hidden agenda. You can't help but just to love them. And so I learned so many lessons from him about life, lessons about transparency. In fact, I've taken his philosophy into my sales process, which we'll talk about today. And then came up with a book called Lessons from Toby, How to Be Centered in Your Personal Business Life. And that came from his fourth birthday party when I wrote an article about him and I noticed how he was different but the same as everybody else. And I emailed my list about it and it went viral and I got back hundreds of comments uh, thanking me for the article. And I took those comments and worked those into the book. But essentially the message is that, and this goes what I'll be teaching today, is that if you can approach people without a hidden agenda, and you're 100% present with them in their space, and you help them understand their own challenges, you have instant trust. Because there's no hidden agenda, there's no hoops to go through, and there's a sense of connection. And he does that so well in his natural way that believe it or not, I'm teaching that now to people who sell to unwind what they've been learning over the years, to de-brainwash themselves, to decondition themselves away from all the behaviors that are unnatural, inauthentic, and fairly robotic. Hmm. That's such a powerful lesson, isn't it? Uh, connecting with somebody authentic without uh, without any hidden agenda and, and also to have no expectation at all, simply to pay them attention for, for them as a person. Yeah. Hmm. It's, we, 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 I think the, I believe trust is a new currency. And we've lost the art of how to actually create trust. Uh, so we do it subconsciously with our kids and our family at home. When we get to work, we put what we call I, we put sales armor on. We put armor around ourselves. We, put, we protect ourselves from the bullets coming our way. We change who we are, and people can tell that we are not fully present. And my mission is to help people unravel from that, be their natural selves. Because ironically, you make more sales by being your natural self by helping people, not just trying to sell your solution. Hmm. So why is it you think that we kind of have this tendency to put that armor on and also the, I guess, the associated question around that is why do so many people feel that sales is icky? I don't, I don't want to go out and sell people something. Well, we've been conditioned over the years by the gurus from the 1980s uh, and 90s that we're supposed to do certain behaviors to, quote, make the sale. 
And those yeah, behaviors always be closing, right? <laughs> those behaviors have been so commonplace and have such a negative feeling and image with it that even ourselves doing those behaviors feels awkward, inauthentic, and uncomfortable. And of course, your potential client can feel that from you at a distance. So what we teach people to do is shift their mindset and make it okay to let go of those behaviors that they're doing right now. And I'll share a few today. They're doing unconsciously actually is creating resistance and rejection without them knowing it. So it just, it's just, it's almost like a conditioned response that we're used to doing when we sense an opportunity. So we'll talk today about how to deconstruct that around the trust-based selling approach. Hmm. All right. Well, um, what's the what are the core principles then behind the trust by uh, trust based selling approach? Well, I think what we might do first is to deal with the uh, the myths of selling. I think those are kind of hmm. the back of the mental hard drive back here that we have to um, <laughs> yeah. out before I can pour in the principles. Uh, but I'll me cover a few which you might recognize. Number one is that sales is a numbers game. That's a pretty common myth been around for a long time. That's the whole idea that the more contacts you make, the more sales you're supposed to make. Well, we discovered in our work, it's not about how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how deep you go on each conversation, how good you are at building trust with them, not how good you are at how many contacts you make, which is a complete opposite of how most companies run their salespeople. The second myth is this idea that the sale is lost at the end of the process. And I'm sure you've been there before in your career where you had a deal pending, it looked good, it all green light at the end, it just fell through out of nowhere. Like what happened? It's just gone. It was mm. perfect. We discovered in this economy now, the sale is not lost anymore at the end of the process, it's actually lost at the beginning, at hello. And I'll prove it to you right now in a fun way. If someone calls your office tomorrow morning and you hear, hi, my name is, I'm with, we are a, what goes through your mind in about three seconds? <laughs> yeah. Hang up, spam. Yeah. That's it's right. over hello, right? Mm. So I'm not suggesting that your listeners are all doing outbound calling, but I will make a case today that many of them are losing their sale at the beginning of their process and not the end, which will be shocking for people who've always been believed the sales made at the end. Turns out it's not. Uh, the last one is the idea that rejection is part of the sales process. You have to accept it as part of how it all works. We discovered that rejection actually is triggered by certain things you say and do unconsciously that cause the other person to reject you and react to you without you even knowing it. And we'll cover those today as well in the principles. Hmm. Fascinating. Well, that is. Certainly some uh, big myths there. What, one of the things I'm curious about, I guess, is, um, you know, you said rejection is not necessarily part of the process. What, what you haven't mentioned is if I'm doing outbound calling and I'm just, I've got a list that I've acquired from somewhere and I call the folks. Now, if I'm calling people that are not a good match for what I've got to offer, their problems are not what I have a solution for, then surely that's a rejection. That's an automatic rejection already. So is there something before that that needs to happen or is that 
part of your um, trust well, by for, selling process. If you're calling somebody who's not a fit, disengage. Hmm. If you're calling target market doesn't fit your market, don't call. Now, let's assume you do call somebody uh, and they, you believe they could be an opportunity for you. It all goes into how you go about the conversation, the language that you use, the approach that you use. The typical approach is this. Hi, my name is, I'm with, how are you today? Or do you have a few minutes? Mm. That's the typical approach. Yeah. Our model is this. Hi, you know, hi Jurgen. My name is Ari. And I'm hoping you can help me out for a moment. Hmm. That's it. Yeah. And you wait. And you wait until they say, how can I help you? Hmm. That's called a two-way dialogue at hello. That's the connection you have to make because they don't know who you are yet. You could be a, a, a an investor. A, you could be the board. You don't. They don't know. You could be a customer. They don't know who you are. So human nature is to say, "How can I help you?" Then you move into, "I'm just giving you a call to see if you'd be open to some different insights and ideas on ways to deal with the issues of, and you plug in the problems you help them solve." Hmm. What's missing from this? What's missing is a pitch about you. They don't care about you. What they care about is a problem you can help them solve. Now you will get you will get this. You will get sorry. So who, who's this? Then you apologize. Say I'm sorry. Uh, forgot to mention that my name is Ari. I'm with XYZ Company. And we you go back to the problem again. We focus on helping business owners solve the issues of converting the leads they have into a higher percentage of sales. That's that's what we do. So you're still focused on the problems not describing the solutions. And that's the key shift in our approach is we help people let go of their sales pitch and not use it at all. And instead focus in on the core problems that your potential market has and let that be the anchor of the whole process. Hmm. Yeah, I love the languaging you're using there. And and I know, you know, there's there's quite a bit of work and quite a bit of description in the book where you talk about you know the importance of using the right languaging and and the way you've expressed it there for me says hey you're paying me attention now uh, you're interested in me and even when it gets to then the point where i might say well hang on who who is this and you talk about here's who i am and this is what i do if there's a match there i'm still interested because Oh wow, that's a problem I have. Yeah. So what happens and and I know your I know a little bit about your approach, but what happens if at that point as the person you've just called I say, "Oh, tell me more." So I've turned it flipped it around. How do you turn it back around again? Well, then you go into more specifics around the problem. Then you would say, uh, to what extent are you not converting your current opportunities into your into revenue? How much are you not? How much are you losing currently in your current process right now? Or how many leads you get a month, and how many are, are converting to a sale? What's the gap there? That's what I'd say next. Yeah, they might say twenty percent, whatever. And then I'd say, well, it sounds like you're losing a lot 
that's not coming through. Now I'd say, would you be open? Notice the languaging there. Would you be open to the idea of scheduling a, a, a chat together or more focused? I can walk you through a process to figure out what the issue is and give you some ideas to solve it. Would you be open to that? Hmm. Okay. And at what point, I mean, it, you know, to me, the trust is the trust is still being established there. At what point do you kind of go through that process of developing trust to the point where, um, you know, there, there's a kind of an ongoing, or not an ongoing, but a a relationship or a an ongoing conversation. Let's put it that way, starting to happen there. Well, that is where you shift into what I call a doctor-patient relationship where now we define they have a problem. It's like them saying my shoulder hurts. Hmm. Doctor, let me take a look. Is it over here? Ah, right there. Ooh, all right. You know what? I think we should get an x-ray to make sure I can see what's going on underneath that so I can understand the source of the problem. Then I'll know what to prescribe to you. I can't prescribe you any medicine until I know what the, what the actual issue is. Then we provide them with a diagnostic process to help them identify what the core issue is. And then we help them identify the impact of how much they're losing and what the ROI is that they're losing. And then we wait till they ask us for help. We don't offer a solution. We say, you know, is this, here's the key question you want to ask somebody at that moment, which is, is this a priority for you to solve once and for all? Or are you happy to live with it for a while and let it go for now? Hmm. It's like a therapist and a patient. If the patient doesn't own the problem, they're the worst patients in the world. <laughs> yeah. Same concept here. When you build enough trust with somebody where they feel you understand their problem in a deeper way than no one else has before, they feel a sense of resonance. They connect to you because you're the only person they've met who's not tried to solve their problem prematurely before understanding the issues below it. And I know you're you're very strong on not solving the problem there and then. So if you get to that point of, okay, I I think I understand the problem, and now it's time to move ahead because you've told me that it's it's something that is a very high priority to solve. What are the next steps? Because traditionally, I guess. Uh, what we do at that stage is kind of, well, here's the solution. <laughs> well, here's what you have to pay me and I'll give you the solution. You know, it's sort of almost, almost two extremes, right? That's right. This is part of my new book I'm working on right now called The One Call Sale. Hmm. Coming out next year that breaks this down uh, that I coach my private clients on who are using it now. But essentially at that point in the process, you then ask them this question. You'd say, would it be helpful for you if I walk you through my, our roadmap or framework for how we help our clients solve your exact issues, would that be helpful for you to see that? Mm. And they're going to say what? Yes. Of course. Yeah. Because they're waiting for something. They've seen nothing yet. Mm. And you walk them through a, what I call a roadmap, a flow chart that visually walks them through what your process is to solve the problem. Not It's a meta step before the services offering, you don't talk about your services, you just show them the process that you use to go about solving their problem and they're buying your process there. 
not your services. It's a different shift. You're detached mm. from the end services and sticking in a new piece, which is the roadmap. And they're buying the roadmap from you. Yeah. And you're onboarding them right there and then on that one conversation based upon your process. Okay. And um, that's that's certainly a, quite a shift from the traditional sales conversation. And what, what I really like about it as well, though, is that it still doesn't lock you in to doing specific things. It's focused on solving the problem. And so as you learn more, even when you start and when the person says, okay, I'm, I'm all in, here's my money, let's get started. As you learn more about where they're at and as the journey kind of goes in perhaps even a different direction, then you can adapt um, within that process and still come to a really great solution to the problems presenting. That's right. You have a different lens and, and filter where you're being diagnostic with them the whole time. You're not ever pitching your services premature to when they're ready for it. That's the mistake people make. They jump in when they hear the problems and they say to themselves, oh, I can help them solve it. It's perfect for me. Oh, I, it's, it's what I do. And your reaction, you just can't help yourself but to say, oh, great. Let me show you what I can do for you. Hmm. And you, it bombs right there. Then they say to you at the end of the call, great, let me think about it. Yeah. And yeah, it's the kiss of death. And then you chase them afterwards and you chase them afterwards and you say to yourself, I hate selling. This is terrible. Like, this is degrading. <laughs> it's dehumanizing to have to chase somebody and lower your authority. And it's the thing that everybody hates. So the whole question is, how do you avoid putting yourself in a position of chasing what I call ghosts? Ghosts will never call you back. Hmm. Okay, so in this conversation now, you, you've presented a process, um, and I'm still the sort of person that is a bit unsure, so I might say to you, let me think about that, or I've got to talk to my business partner, or... Um, something like that, just to buy myself a little bit of time to go away and think. And and part of that is the mindset of, personally for me, I like to make decisions in a measured way without anybody else kind of standing there looking over, over my shoulder or watching me. And part of that is because I still don't know you, um, even though you know we've got a good connection here on this conversation. And so I feel a little bit of discomfort making this quick decision here now. So what, what do you say as the, as the person that... So let's, go, let's go to the source of your discomfort first. <laughs> because your reaction is because you didn't feel 100% comfortable with that conversation with whoever you're speaking with. That's the reason why you're pulling back and going, oh, I make my decisions independently without any influence on my own because I'm a thinker and I want that's because you don't want anybody around you who you don't trust to pressure you to make a decision. That's why that mm. obsession comes up. That means that in the conversation, whoever was selling did not go deep enough with you for your instinct to say to yourself, 
I trust this person wholly right now to help with my problem. Hmm. So, yeah, so it really comes back to that building that trust first. So how do you, as the person making the call, how do you gauge the level of trust that, that you're building in the level of trust that the other person has reached with you? Well, you have to go what I call down the iceberg. And the iceberg is a metaphor that I created where it's like an iceberg. At the top of the iceberg, they tell you what their problems are. Right? Like you might ask somebody, what are your challenges? Hmm. And they tell you, well, it's one, two, three. And in normal sales, we say, oh, great. I can help you with that. Yeah. That's what happens right now all over the world, millions of minutes every single day with everyone who's taught the old way to sell. They just respond with that. So our approach is those issues they're giving us is called the top of the iceberg. Our job is not to move them forward. Hmm. Our job is to go down the iceberg. So let's say one issue is, you know, we're having difficulty converting our leads into new sales. Normally, if I sold like software to solve the problem, I say, wait, let me show you a demo. I can help you with that. Yeah. Yeah. We'd say this. We'd say, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Hmm. And, and then when the response, so, well, if I understand you right, you're talking about going deeper that, rather than broader. And so how do you kind of keep probing on that if, um, you, you have, you have to know your prospects problems better than they do. Hmm. This is not a fishing expedition. That's the old model of, oh, let me ask you some questions so we can figure out what you're, that's, that's sort of dead because they don't have time for that. You have to know where you are going the minute they tell you their problem. You can't just fish. You have to know what the below the iceberg issues are so you know what questions to ask. Hmm. So in this case, if I say to you, you know, can you tell me more about that? And you say, well, our challenge is that we're losing leads and this and this. And I say, well, how long has that been a problem for? Last six mm. months. And what's the, what's the losses so far because of it? How many are you not converting because you haven't solved this problem yet? They might say, well, 30 a week. And how much is that worth to your company? And, and, you know, is this, is this impacting you materially on a weekly basis? By, by not addressing this once and for all. You see what I'm doing here? Mm. I'm helping him own the gravity of the issue. Because let me tell you, most people don't focus on the bottom of the iceberg. Mm. They only give you breadcrumbs. Yeah. So you take it and you run and they're in control. This is a battle of control. The doctor controls the diagnostic session in the clinic by asking the questions to uncover the problem to recommend the solution. I'm working on a new bumper sticker right now. <laughs> and three words. You know what it is? Doctors, I'll just four words actually. Doctors don't do coffee. Hmm. 
Doctors don't work on building a relationship with you in most cases. They, they know they can't because they do get through funding with you, but they can't tell you the truth of your problem. Hmm. What do we do, people to sell? How's it going? Nice to meet you. Pleasure. Great. We laid in real thick. Build rapport with them. Get to know them better. Have them like us. Because we believe that our job is to build a relationship with someone pre-sale. I'm going to drop a bomb right now. I tell my clients, your job is to build a relationship with somebody post-sale, not pre-sale. They don't want to be your friend pre-sale. I promise you, it's fake anyways. Mm -hmm. They want to know they can trust you to solve their problem. You don't want your doctor to be your friend. I mean, maybe you do, but you don't go there for that purpose. No. Think about it. Right. What do we do? We cloud the whole thing up with all the social norms that just cloud the whole process. And that is not is very contrary because we've been taught with the sales gurus to build relationships first. And I'm saying don't do that. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well it certainly is is a bit contrarian in terms of the traditional means. But you know, if you take that doctor analogy, I mean obviously if um if I go to the doctor and I've got a serious illness that is life threatening and he saves my life, well he he automatically becomes my best friend at that point in time. <laughs> it doesn't really matter what else he's done. Yeah. You don't care where he cuts or how he solves the problem. All you care is his obvious problem. Yeah. All right. So talk to us a little bit more about the languaging then. So what, um, you know, you said that the job is not to build a relationship beforehand. So how do you come across as sincere, genuine, warm and compassionate and yet take your approach of trust first and nothing with relationship here, no warm and fuzzies right from the start. Well, there is bedside manner. <laughs> yeah. There is empathy. Don't worry about it. It's not like being cold-hearted. But, but let me give you an example. We invented our own what we call trust-based languaging, our own phrases to use that replace sales scripts that are artificial and inauthentic, that build trust. Let me give you a scenario. Here's a classic example. Let's say you're on the phone with somebody who could be a possible client of yours, a first conversation. They're qualified. It's a good call. There's chemistry there. It looks good. The call kind of comes to an end. Normally, at the end of a call like that, we're trying to say things like what? How about we move things where? Forward. Yeah. Forward. Yeah. We've been conditioned to move things towards the sale, right? Hmm. But what happens if at the end of the call, you try and move them forward and they aren't ready yet? What do you break hmm. right there at the beginning of your process with them? You've broken trust, yeah. That's right. And they won't tell you this, but it's broken, trust me. Hmm. So, same scenario, our mindset, our approach, our languaging. Call is going well, good chemistry, could be a good fit. Call comes to a close. Try saying, hey, how do we get together or demo or whatever? What we say instead is this. We say, where? 
do you think we should go from here? And I'll say it again. Where do you think we should go from here? Now, how does that change the dynamic of the moment? Well, you basically allowing the customer to take or the potential customer to take the lead and and particularly if he says well i'd just like to sit on this for a while or or whatever he might say as long as you don't kind of come back with a contrary view um, you're still maintaining that trust and you're still allowing him to lead the journey well usually when you say to somebody where do you think we should go from here they're usually in a state of shock. <laughs> they can't believe somebody actually asked them what they want to do. That's unheard of. And when you say it to somebody, they just say things like, well, I, I, I've got one more question. Or wait, mm. what about, you know what comes out all of a sudden? The truth. Mm. And the truth is the goal. Not the sale, because the truth will tell you if you're a fit with them or not. If you're not a fit, you let them go. That's the filter that I work with my private clients on to help them get their head around this so they can begin to stop chasing the numbers and ghosts who let the, who say things like, sounds good, send me information. Oh, we're definitely interested. Wait, send me a proposal who have no intention of buying at all. Because we have not been able to get them to feel comfortable telling us the truth in the beginning. Hmm. So your your process then is one call and that filters people either in or out of further attention. Once, if you have a qualified potential client and you have a scheduled call with them, you should be able to onboard them on one conversation. Hmm. If you have multiple steps, you're doing something wrong. So if somebody gets to the point of where do we go to next? And uh, let's say I, I say, well, Ari, it, it all sounds good. How do, how do I get started with your program or whatever it might be? Then you walk them through the roadmap. Hmm. Let me walk you through our processes for how we help you solve the problem. You don't sign them up yet. Mm -hmm. You take them through the process to make sure they are buying the process first. Okay, yeah. I mean, how many times have customers said, yes, yeah, sign me up, and then they don't sign up at the end, hmm. or they cancel? <laughs> yeah. Trust me, don't. The key shift here is letting go of the sale hmm. and being present with them 100%. So they feel that the way you're handling them is so different than anybody else. They're buying you, not just your solution. Hmm. It's funny, isn't it? There's a lot of these things that are so counterintuitive, and let, yet they're uh, actually a lot more effective. So if you're going in without any expectation of making a sale here, even though this is a so-called sales call, uh, but no expectation, go through the process you've mentioned, build trust, build trust, build trust, um, dig deeper, not go wider, dig deeper and deeper and deeper, get to the real truth, and then the results are so much better than 
than if you went in expecting to make this a sales a sale. Yeah. Hmm. Fabulous. So the mindset change is focus on deep trust, um, let go of expectations, and um, are there any other core principles that also bring on? Uh, to always focus on getting to the truth of people. That's the goal of the truth. Now, what that means is having them feel comfortable telling you where they stand every step of the way. Let me give you an example of this. Um, I got a call recently that got through my team, got to me. On a scheduled call, I picked the phone up, and I heard this. I heard Mr. Galper. I said, yes. And he says, my name is John Johnson. I changed the name. He's with, he's with a big company. I'm with XYZ Company. You recognize the name. And we're looking at bringing someone in to change our sales culture and our performance. We're looking at you and two other people. We'd like to know, Ari, first of all, why should we go with you? Why are you the best? And give me your best sales pitch. <laughs> he says this to me. Yeah. This, this is the inbound. This is the inbound call. Hmm. Now I'm a human being too. They're a big company, like billion dollar company. But I, I went back to my mindset. I took a deep breath. I lowered my voice. And I proceeded to say this to him. What I said was this. I said, well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> what was the response? And I paused. And then I said, over here at our company, we have a similar process to you where we ask them questions gather information to see if we're a good fit. And if we're a good fit, we decide where to go from there. And I said to him, would you be open to that? Hmm. So I said to him, and next on the phone that you know what I heard next? Nothing, dead silence. <laughs> then, I heard her, then I heard her breath across the phone, like he breathed. You can tell he kind of became human again, like his shoulders relaxed. He <laughs> got a long breath the phone. He lowers his voice and he says to me, um, okay, what kind of questions do you have for me? Hmm. Next thing I know, in five minutes, we discover one, he's not a decision maker, two, he has no budget, and three, he's just curious as to what I do. <laughs> and off he went for some of my videos on the website, I hung up the phone. Now, what did my process just save me months of? Yeah, months of chasing on planning, probably doing some research in, into that client to understand background better, even though you know they were never going to sign up. Yeah, it's, it, this is drug in our bodies, and it's latent. And it's triggered with inbound calls like that. You know what the drug is called? It's called hopium. <laughs> <laughs> you know the hopium yeah. drug where yeah. you get so excited, you get the phone call, big company, you're like, woohoo! Yeah. Go back home. Guess what, honey? We're gonna go feature this year. I got the call. I'm so excited. You go to work. Guess what? Big deal pending. You're, you got the hopium drug running through your whole body, right? And you chase them up and chase them up. You get their voicemail and they're not there anymore. You're like, what? He's not calling me back. Hmm. Then you go to your email and you write what? You write, hi, I'm writing you to what? To check in, follow up. Advice, yeah, follow up. Yeah. Right. So I'm gonna ask all your listeners right now to remove one key phrase forever from the vocabulary as of today and never use it ever again. And here it is, never again use the phrase follow-up ever again in your career in selling. 
<laughs> What's the only industry in the world that uses the word follow-up? Hi, I'm calling a follow-up. Who does that? Salespeople. Oh, okay, yeah. Hi, yes. check-in, yeah. touch base. These are all classic 1980s mm. phrases that we still use today. And when you call somebody, say, hi, I'm going to follow, they know you're calling for your own agenda and move them towards a sale. You're killing your own sales with using your old languaging and no longer applies anymore. You're breaking trust right there. Hmm. So we have replaced, it's like old tires in a car with new tires, new languaging that replaces all that old stuff. And I'll give it to you right now. Here's what you say instead of word follow up. You say this, you say, I'm giving you a call to see if you have any feedback on our previous conversation, any feedback on our last meeting, any feedback on whatever proposal. Hmm. See, feedback's going where? Backwards, away from the sale, not forwards, you see? When you go, when you take the momentum away from the goal, they engage with you. When you say to somebody, feedback, they start talking and talking and talking and talking. You're like, oh my God, Ari was right. That one change alone removed resistance. I imagine mm -hmm. applying that to every single scenario in your business, every single sales situation that comes up. We've solved all of it by replacing the old with the new based on trust. And inviting them to provide feedback potentially can dig deeper on that iceberg, right? Because, I mean, I, I could imagine um, if we've given a proposal and say, I'm just calling to get your feedback. And it might say, well, you know, I've got questions around it or you haven't addressed X, Y, Z or there's some other things we've thought of in the meantime. So all of a sudden you've got some other hooks that take you deeper down into the deep water under the, uh, in the thick part of the iceberg. Yep, exactly right. Love it. It's so powerful when you use trust-based languaging our way. It's a game changer. Fabulous. Well, we could talk um, trust-based languaging for ages. <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of other expressions, but I'm just aware of the time and want to stick with um, what we agreed. So I think it's a good point now to move on to the innovation round, which is our... Um, it's, the buzz, we call it. It's designed to help our audience who are primarily innovators and leaders in their field with some tips from your experience. So I've got five questions. Hopefully you'll inspire some awesome action on the part of the listener today. So what's the number one thing you think anyone needs to do to be more innovative? As my dad said, do the opposite of everybody else. <laughs> yeah, that's... It's interesting, isn't it? Um, you know, I've been looking at some of the big investors and somebody like Warren Buffett. That's, I think that's his philosophy, isn't it? When everybody else is selling, he buys and vice versa. <laughs> yep. All right. Now, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? What have I done to develop them? What's the best thing you've I done? I basically cut out all extraneous items in my day that remove me from the opportunity to think because doing is not thinking see we have a tendency to be busy all day long 
that's not mm. thinking of new ideas. So I've been able to reduce my time to open up more time slots for me to think and create new ideas mm. without thinking. And what do you do? Do you go to a special place or do you have a special activity that gives you that? Um... You know what I do? I drive my old classic car <laughs> and I go analog. Hmm. There's no digital in there. There's no phone. There's nothing. I just the engine, me in the road, and that's it. And that's where all the ideas flow out away from my Zoom camera. Yeah. Love it. All right. Do you have a favorite resource you use most often? And maybe, maybe it's your classic car. <laughs> well, there's a book that I look at all the time called 8020 Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall. Mm. That book really uh, influenced me in terms of my thinking uh, around this whole process here. Mm, yeah. It's a while since I've read that book and um, I'll have to go back and revisit it. For sure. Okay. Now, what's the best way to keep a client on track? What do you mean? Well, let's say you've made the sale. You're working with, with the client. What's the best way to keep them on track in the process of whatever it is that you're working with them? Give them a lot of human touch. So this is where the relationship, yeah. Right. The relationship starts after the sale. Yeah. <laughs> Over the liver. Hmm. Great. Love it. All right. And um, I think we've touched on this, but I'll ask it in this way. What's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Stop selling. Great <laughs> trust instead. Yeah. Love it. And you've described in great detail how we can do that today. So that's fabulous. Ari, this has been wonderful. I, I'm really enjoying this. Now, where can people find out more about you, get a hold of the book, Unlock the Sales Game, and uh, maybe even get in touch and say thanks for what you've shared? Sure. Just go to LinkedIn. Obviously, connect with me there. Say hello that you, you heard me on this podcast. I'm on LinkedIn. Also, go to unlockthegame.com. We have an intro course there, the book's there, and um, there's also a free coaching session, which you might want to enjoy, experience, because I want you to experience what it's like not to be sold anything. You mm. won't be sold a darn thing on that call. Uh, and that in itself is a learning experience as well. <laughs> mm. Great. Wonderful. We'll have those links in the show notes. Now, do you have some parting advice for our listener today? Well, I'm working on my new book coming out. Maybe we'll talk again when it's ready to go launch. Yeah. I think the real message from today is don't accept the pain you have to go through right now to make sales as normal. It's not. You can change all of it and create a world for yourself where sales happens naturally if you're open to shifting your thinking. Hmm. Love it. So, yeah, so build trust first, the whole mindset around trust and digging deep on the, digging deep, not wide, um, depth, not numbers. All right. Um, finally, Ari, who else should I get on this show and why? I would say Perry, Perry would be good. Yeah. Perry Marshall, for sure. Reach out to him. Yeah, he'd be excellent. All right. Well, yeah, we'd love to have Perry on. Okay, well, thanks so much for sharing your insights and wisdom and sales experience with us so generously today, Ari. I've really enjoyed this. I've um, 
look forward to this since we booked it and, and certainly hasn't disappointed. So thanks again and all the best for the future and let's stay in touch and we'll talk about bringing you back on when the new book's about to come out. Thank you, you're going to appreciate it. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that insightful and really engaging conversation with Ari and took something away from his episode, something that you can act on today. I love Ari's approach of focusing on solving the problem and selling the process, not the service or product. I'd love to know what you took away from Ari's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Ari Gelper. That is A-R-I-G-A-L-P-E-R. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Ari Gelper. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Ari, as well as links to the Unlock the Game website, his book Unlock the Sales Game, his social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. If you like this episode, please share it with two other people that it might help. Don't keep it to yourself. And tag me in on that share so that I can reach out to you with a special thank you surprise. Ari suggested that we have a conversation with business strategist and author Perry Marshall on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Perry, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast courtesy of Ari Gelper. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including Ashley Nichols, author of Tech to Save the World, and Steve Hoffman of Founders Space. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.